Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Joel and Adam for another episode of Horror Express. And today we're going to be talking about 28 Days Later. This is a, uh, a sort of zombie movie. Uh, it came out in 2002 and is directed by Danny Boyle. Uh, it stars, and I'm probably going to get the actor's name wrong, but Cillian Murphy, Naomi Harris, and Christopher Eccleston um, in the darkest episode of Doctor Who ever. Um, this is a... Uh, uh, it's basically, it, it's basically, if anybody's seen The Walking Dead, it's kind of like The Walking Dead takes its opening premise from this film where the guy is in a horrible bike accident. He wakes up after being in a coma and the, uh, uh, the zombie apocalypse has been ongoing for 28 days. And so he just wakes up to like a shell of a world. And in the opening of the movie, we see that the, the zombie apocalypse starts because scientists are studying or trying to come up with some kind of cure for rage or they're inventing some sort of virus and they infect monkeys with it and a bunch of uh PETA people liberate the monkeys and then you know everything just goes to hell and and this is a kind of zombie movie where in the end you discover that the real the real monsters are the humans and it's really about you know humanity's inhumanity to humanity so um, I don't know. Are there any other plot elements I need to give people, or do you think most folks know the story? I mean, this thing is, yeah, this is a huge movie, right? I actually feel kind of lame for sleeping on it, but you have to remember, I was 17 years old when this movie came out, and it was popular, so I avoided it like kryptonite because I was just <laughs> that kind of jackass. Uh, to my to my woe, because I saw it for the first time today, and goddamn, this movie slaps. Oh, this was your first time seeing it. First time I I have avoided it for how many wow. decades now? Okay, so yep. so then I want what was your reaction to it? Because I I mean I I, don't, I, I think you're the first person movie, I've met. Dude. Okay, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I love this movie. It's so good. It's so goddamn good, Brendan. And I'm such a dipshit for having not seen it until now. I mean, yeah. It's I I mean I I I I saw it. I think I saw it when it came out on dvd i don't remember if i saw it like right when it came out or shortly after and then i remember the sequel came out a few years later and i saw that um and i i do remember really liking it, it you know it, it was it was a, a different kind of zombie movie and we you know i was really into zombie movies all through the 90s so you know we were talking before the podcast about whether this initiated the whole zombie craze that kind of you know we had a bunch of zombie movies after this one and, uh, you know, we, we decided that it was probably somewhere between this and Resident Evil were like the points of origin because they came out the same year. But um, but yeah, this this one, uh, it was legitimately scary. It, it did things differently enough that it just kind of shook you up. But then it was able to kind of get into, I don't know, more mature themes than a lot of zombie movies sort of deal with. You know, I mean, every zombie movie has that veneer, but I just felt this was particularly well done at the end. Um and also, it's kind of got a, it's kind of got an independent movie vibe somehow, even though it's a big yeah. film. Um, well, it's only eight million dollar budget. I looked that up, and okay. they made eighty million dollars, so they slew Ooh. with this movie. So, so I don't know, Adam. How about you? Yeah, it's a great movie, and I, you know, I've been bugging my hosts about this for a long time, but it, it reminds me. Well, it's it's very. I mean, it's openly influenced by the Day of the Triffids, which was a book I loved as a kid it was just it's a science fiction horror story from 1951 that i i it it's not a zombie story but it 
is pretty much the whole zombie genre. You can find these influences going back to this. And even like Night of the Comet, I feel is influenced by it. Uh, you know, Life Force, I feel is influenced by it. There's just, just the whole kind of genre is heavily influenced by this book. And this, I mean, the opening of this this movie is pretty much taken from that book. There's a number of plot points throughout the movie that are taken from this book. And, and the book just has a lot more going on being a book. But uh, I, uh, you know, I have to get that out of the way, first of all. But but yeah, th this this is just a fantastic movie. Just the direction to it. It's just got a lot of energy. I mean, it 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 really did a lot to bring the zombie genre back into being. I mean, I mean, I'd say I don't know. I'd say after this movie, the zombie genre was more popular than it ever was. Really, even came during, back from uh, the dead. What came back from the dead? Came back from the dead. That's right. Or yes, it's my ball mall. <laughs> I only get one per episode. I'm gonna be an idiot from here on out. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, I, uh, but no, this, you know, to actually talk about the movie and not the book that, you know, I'm, I'm going, going on with, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should talk about the, uh, the movie. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great cast. It's, uh, just fantastically directed. It's, it's fast moving. Uh, things make a lot of, I mean, it, it just, it just really holds together all the way through, I think. And it's it's also I, the director kind of surprised me at the time too. Sorry, but wasn't the movie he did before this Train Spotting? Or am I mistaken? Yes, it is the same director as yeah. Train Spotting. This is yes. the Train Spotting guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my god, I love that movie too. That explains a lot about this movie to me. He also does the movie uh, Sunshine that I I was trying to get us to do during Space Horror <laughs> Month too. Same writer and director. Well, now I got to because like he did Train Spotting and this and I. Yeah, Train Spotting's movie I've seen once, and I'll never forget one single frame of it. It's one of those movies, you know. And I think <laughs> this movie probably joined it in that regard. Yeah, you know, this movie does something interesting visually, and I want to compare it to a video game because I was looking this up. But this movie impressed me enough to research it today. Between watching it in the podcast, I researched it because of the internet. But it was inspired by a this dude's love of the zombie genre, but b the catalyst for it, the spark that set him on fire, was playing the original Resident Evil game for PlayStation, uh, the <laughs> PlayStation 1. Uh, apparently, like, that's what got him thinking about zombies again. And so you can sort of see the DNA of Resident Evil in this movie. But another interesting thing that this movie did, and I, I'm thinking about this again because I'm playing a video game. I'm playing Silent Hill 2 with a friend of mine right now. And I'm noticing on this playthrough that every single camera angle that you get in this game is A it makes it really hard to actually play the game like you'd expect yeah. it would, but B it's actually great because not only is it like some of them are set at a terrible angle. So you can't even control well, it. Resident and Evil did that too. Intentional. It did. And it yeah. did that for the same reason. This movie sets all of its angles at these insane and yeah. unusual perspectives. Like so many frames of this movie, I was like, this is like a painting. This is such yeah. a unique shot at a unique mm -hmm. angle. And it's still telling the story so thoroughly. You really see that when they go into the church, which I think to oh, me, yeah. That, yeah. That, that introduction to the zombies I thought was great. Because number one, are these zombies? I think that's the first thing we should address here. Because these are not dead creatures. These are living people that are infected with the virus. And they can die normally. It's, you, don't have to, you don't have to clunk them in the head. I think you can shoot them through the heart and they'll die. Um, mm -hmm. and, but it's also a really, real like this... 
this thing infects you and in 10 seconds 20 seconds you're one of them like that fast yep. there's um, no time to emotionally adjust to the loss of your no, loved one you got start eating you which is really clever because it, 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 it amps up the whole should we kill frank or not thing whenever people yeah. turn you know and so that it's so instantaneous you have to make a decision right there whether yeah. well there's still humanity on their face that's the part that i found interesting about yeah, it yeah you kind of have to kill them before they go full zombie yeah oh, it's whoa which, which I think ties into a lot of the themes. And also the movie opens up with... Well, we'll get into that later. But I I did want to point out the movie opens up with 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 violence of people against people. Not the... the you know, well, I remembered that opening sequence being shots of the zombie apocalypse. Do you know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. Like I remembered it being a montage of the apocalypse. And then the guy wakes up. But when I watched it again, I was like, oh no, it's just like footage of riots and footage of, you know, like people hanging other people presumably for witchcraft or something i don't know it's mm-hmm. it's unclear but uh you know but again are did you guys consider these zombies Whew. we're yeah. in some philosophical territory what is your reasoning for that like what what is the zombie what is the ur zombie template what defining well, i'm just asking because i think you know it, it deviates enough and that it's not undead and so i just am curious if that uh, it, it, you know, like, like, like last time we were talking about Night of the Comet and Adam pointed out, they're kind of more like ghouls. And so I'm just curious, yeah. True. you know, uh, True. what's, yeah. what's the case here? Cause these one, the, 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 you know, and I guess they were alive too. So they're kind of yeah, similar. To, I, I kind of put them in the ghoul category just because they still had some semblance of their personality hmm. going, whereas there's a difference here and that they are, their personality just kind of almost gets overridden by yeah. the rage and that's all that's left yeah, i mean there's so there is still a little bit of personality left in them like you have the kid you know when he when he kills yeah. the kid later in the movie it's it's you know i forget he says something i hate you or something like that yeah and, but that's the only one that speaks right or am i mistaken i believe so yeah which was jarring because you're like wait they speak and then he kills it and it, which i think was deliberately done so that like they wanted to add to the scene of him killing the kid. Do you know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Add more yeah. pathos to the zombie kill. Yeah. There is no satisfying head curse splatter in this movie at all. It's all violence, like really yeah. nauseating human mm-hmm. on human murder. So these are pathos zombies. They, they are zombie enough that, yeah, you have to kill them. They're monsters who will kill you or make you one of them. They, they got to go. But they're still people enough that you're a murderer for killing them. It's well, the worst of both worlds. Well, and you get the rage virus if you kill them and their blood spatters on you and gets in your mouth. Or like the contagion level in this movie is way through the roof in terms of how yeah, it this is, infect you. It's like yeah, what was it, well, Captain I, Trips. Yeah, yeah. The, the super virus thing from the stand. Oh, it's like that. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of times in zombie movies, you know, because of the way it takes a little while and zombies move slow, I'm like, well, you could contain a zombie outbreak. It doesn't seem like it would wipe the whole world yeah. out. Whereas with, I feel this does it right on both angles. I and mean, we won't get to the ending yet, but I feel like the mm-hmm. ending works and the beginning works just because of how, just because the instantaneous spread of this, uh, you know, justifies the beginning and the ending of this movie. Yeah, it's so fast. It's so fast. And what? And again, just to jump back to that church scene, my favorite thing is when that like we were talking about the vestiges of personality. They almost are like animals at this point. They're more like dogs. Do you know what I mean? Like like when the zombie looks up and just kind of stares at him and doesn't do anything. Do you know what I mean? Just looks mm. up and stares at him. 
the and church like, scene we're still on here yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that, that one well that scene for some reason that that reminds me of like an animal that might or might not attack you do you know what i mean it's yeah. that kind of thing no the dog the dog comparison makes a lot of sense to me i will say my one issue with this scene mm-hmm. is that i was just thinking i'm like man the second he opened the door to that church the stench would have made it really yeah. hard for him to enter yeah. that building. That would have been just, because I mean, there were a few zombies there, but most of those were just corpses and you know, that or, or, or 28 days later. Yeah. So I'm guessing they're, they've, they've had time to ripen. Oh, well, and also right he doesn't movies know movies often make that mistake though, where they forget that things smell in movies. I yeah. Mean, this movie selectively forgot it. Cause they would sometimes be yes. overwhelmed by the stench. Yes. I, I do like that leading up to that he doesn't even know what kind of movie he's in. Do you know what I mean he does he does he, he doesn't you know he just woke up everybody's gone he doesn't know if this is like aliens came and took everybody if people were just wiped out if they just all up and left because of a natural disaster he's got no yeah. clue he knows there yeah. was some kind of evacuation uh, there's a little scene where he tries to grab a bunch of money you know which is totally <laughs> useless at this point but you know i you know i like the whole opening of this movie i just really like watching him kind of walk you know he's just walk it's, it's london and he's just kind of it's empty and it's a uh, i don't know it's a, it's a really cool opening scene um, it's really eerie too like seeing something as as full as a city like london that empty i i don't know how they got their shots Man, how the hell could they have done those i don't know i don't know i mean they they must have just done it so, you know Maybe it was time of day or, you know, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I have to say that was impressive, the uh, way they pulled that off. I was thinking the exact same thing watching that. It's, <laughs> it's well, like there are a lot of notable parts of the city, too. It's not even like they're just picking, oh, let's pick a little neighborhood in London. It's not uh, like that. You know that shit's London when you're looking at it, you know. Yeah. Uh, I did also have the twin thought that this would have been a lot easier to have shot in the year 2020. So that was a depressing thought, <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I can't, I can't remember who the... What, so so Jim is the main character, and he teams up with um, Selena, and I was it Mark? Is he the other guy that... Uh, oh, who was the other guy? They um, have unfortunately forgettable names. Yeah. Um, but whoever that guy was, I like the scene where, where that guy turns and Selena just, you know, offs him right away. Like, he gets some blood in his mouth. Or no, he gets blood in the cut, right? And yeah, she just it's like kills a, him a right bite away. out of him, and yeah. she like machetes that dude to pieces too. Mm. Like that is a brutal, brutal beatdown. Yeah, it's really, really great to watch, though, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so, so after that happens, though, they get you know we eventually get Frank and Hannah, and that becomes the team for the most of them. Well, a good portion of the movie. Um, you know, what I'm curious about is what you know. Do you guys have favorite characters in the mix or? You know, any thoughts on on the dynamics? I really liked all the characters, if I'm being real with you. Like, they all had a function. There, there weren't many characters, mm-hmm. but all of them served a function in the movie, and all of them had an enormous amount of emotional investments. When they died, it really sucked. Yeah. Um, like, the the father and his daughter, where I think my two, two of my most favorite character, the guy especially had like the best intro where he's in like the police yeah. tactical gear at the top of the stairs and he just <laughs> invites them in and he's all chummy. Like, Oh, pull up a chair, make yourselves at home. Very likable uh, character, which doesn't bode well 
for, for you know. <laughs> I know. I know. That, that guy is a pathos pinata. Yeah. He's I, there I for us to love him. a long time. And I mean, I, I forgot like a lot of the plot points. And it was like when it got to the scene where he, I was like, it's like it came back to me shortly before. I'm like, oh, I remember what yeah, happens to I him I had now. the same thing. No. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I remember, yeah. I remember a crow was involved and something dripped into his eye. And then I was like, oh man, you know, that, that was, that scene Though I have to say that scene always kind of bugged me because it felt a little bit like a little bit straining disbelief that 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 like he looks up and he gets a drop of blood in his eye. It just I don't know. It just kind of just it was just sort of an odd. What, what I kind of like about the scene is that ironically, the thing that that causes him to be in that situation where he's wandered off and he gets angry at the birds because he's lost his temper yeah. about this whole thing. And so it's, it's just, there is just something fitting that it's like, I agree with that. I agree that with that a hundred percent. Systematically works that he just, if, if he just, you know, kept it together. But, okay. So let, let's have, but, but here's what I was thinking about today. Cause that scene is he gives into the rage and then he gets infected with the rage virus, like two seconds yeah. later. Right. But then later in the movie, Jim kind of gives into the rage too and embraces it. But he's fine, and he becomes a hero. So, what's the difference between those two situations? Because yeah, well, obviously, it's not like the world is working on complete. No, but know. this is a smart movie, so I want to give it the benefit of the doubt and assume there's like a reason. Like, there's a reason why in Jim's case it's different than in Frank's case. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. was it because Frank was just sort of giving into rage pointlessly? Do you know what I mean? And Jim was directing it at something that needed to be... Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I think so. I think if there is a moral center to that comparison, and I feel like it's smart enough that it does invite it, that that's the difference. It's, are you using your rage for a purpose as its master, or is the rage taking you for a ride? Mm. Mm. That's I, a good point. I did always like Jim... I like when I first saw the movie, one of the things that I remember really standing out is when he, he's kind of like, okay, I'm going to use these zombies. I'm going to, I'm going to become one of them and I'm going to, you know, turn on the humans. And that, that, that was surprising and very gratifying to me because it almost was like a weird, it was like a weird Rambo moment in a zombie movie that still kind of fit the zombie genre you know what i mean and it was the it was maybe the one thing they could do to get you to believe that this guy could take out all these military people do you know what i mean like this little scrawny dude who's admittedly great at like running but like yeah he's he's over physically he's just like he's clearly been cast to be a kind of guy that's not like this butch rambo dude so having him go rambo in the last scene is really surprising but you're right they managed to pull off He's also just spent a month in a coma too. So no, I mean, yeah. like, there's there's a reason he's skeletally thin and weak, but like, God, I wouldn't be any better shape of a month in a coma. Hell, a, a week here sitting in my home in the snowstorm, I'm already like losing all of my muscle mass. So I, I feel you, Jim, old boy. But th- that you're right that they find like they they arm him pretty quickly into that. They they allow him to kind of be on the side of the zombies, and he really sort of gives into the feral na- like nature that gives him the killing edge yeah so he's smashing heads into walls do you know what i mean like oh yeah that that, oh, that last kill is pretty brutally like gouges the dude's eyes out which funny story that's a real move you can do in real fights my uh my 
Uh, Uncle Mike did that to a guy at one point in a pool hall fight. It was due to but he, he gouged out a person's kids. eyes. Same way too. Like what happened was the guy confronted him in a pool hall. He was like this huge, like uh, bookie kind of dude, and he pushes Mike against the wall, and he's like, "You're gonna pay your debts." Debt. So, and the way Mike tells the story is, he just took his thumbs up like this and rammed him right into the dude's eyes. Then he took a pool cue, and he was well on the ground, wallering and screaming. Wallering being his verb. He took a pool cue and just whacked him over the back until he stopped twitching. And that's one of the many stories that Uncle Mike told me. Um, did, did Uncle so Mike it's, spend it's any time in jail movie. out of curiosity? Or it... <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that that's a noble strategy. No, I'm just, I'm just I'm genuinely curious about the legal consequences of the... Uh, oh, uh, man. I don't, I don't think he ever was uh, in any way concerned about the legal consequences of his actions. He really Hunter S. Thompson's his way through life. Okay, all right, well, the... Uh... But but either way, it was, you know, what, what I found believable about it, it was just kind of this animalistic, like, he doesn't really, like, like you know, uh, he doesn't really know how to, you know, uh, do anything with finesse, but he's just grabbing the guy and smashing his heads against the wall. And then he's just, you know, using all of his might to, you know, poke out the guy's eyes. So it was just kind of yeah, a, pretty cinematically it worked in terms of, uh, okay, I can, I, if you're going to go this way, I can kind of buy into this happening. Um and also the fact that it ties in with the theme of the movie so well, I thought was, you know, just really tremendous. Um, so I know you wanted to say something about the bad guy, Joel. Uh, well, I wanted to play, played wanted by to Christopher Eccleston. Um, yeah, the doctor. Oh, man. Was it the ninth doctor or the eighth doctor? I forget which one he is. Well, the numbering got all shifted, yeah, right? Ninth so... doctor. Ninth doctor. He's the ninth? Yeah. yeah, I don't. I've missed every season because it was him then there was the guy after him i watched all his stuff and i didn't watch anything after that uh so i missed like capaldi which apparently i shouldn't have because he kind of rules i loved capaldi capaldi was great i mean they were all they're all pretty good um but uh, but a lot of people like christopher eccleston and this is definitely you know a different kind of role than than this doctor (laughs) role um so you know if you're going if you're watching them in reverse order it might be surprising to see him play a character though he's still likable i think that's one of the things that makes him really good in this role is he's very uh he's very personable and you know does i'll I'll let you talk because i know you had some thoughts on it no i mean like you're you're really doing a great job introducing the character because you're right you kind of like him when you meet him he seems a little haunted maybe Mm. but he doesn't seem bad he just seems like the kind of dude that's been forced to make incredibly hard decisions for the the good of the future and he really is future oriented right like he does stuff like he's got a zombie of the used to be one of his men. That's like chained up in their, in their little yard there. And he's like, I'm, I'm watching this guy and he's teaching me about these things. He's teaching me that he can't be rehabilitated. He's teaching me that, you know, there's, there's nothing I can put this guy to work wise. And he's also going to eventually teach me how long they take to starve to death. And like, that's pretty cold blooded, but mm-hmm. also you can see the logic of it. You're like, well, that's horrible, but the circumstances do sort of justify those measures. And it's, it's, heartbreaking yeah. to the last especially one especially because, was important i think i think that last one especially well that that line winds up being a payoff line yeah. every line there's they use the whole buffalo in this movie dude like there's no fat on it at all they use every line everything is a bullet and Chekhov's gun in this movie yeah. everything so yeah that line's great um 
but it's great for in two dimensions. The first dimension, well, three at least, because the first dimension is it's it's a cold thing to say, right? So it teaches you about his character. Second dimension is, yeah, that actually does make sense. So it, it gives you a reason to continue following the character, even though it's cold. The third reason is it's a setup for something that happens later. That's yeah, that's really good. You know, mm-hmm. like almost every line is like that. Like, remember, and I, I'm going to do a little divergence here because I, I want to tell you, even though this movie's clever, I called it. Um, maybe it's 20 years too late for that to be impressive, but I felt <laughs> impressed by myself. So I'm going to brag a little bit. I remember the first scene where, uh, well, not the first scene, but right after our, our main character gets rescued and they blow up the gas station and they're taking a break in the other gas station or whatever it is. And the guy is like, there's two rules. Number one, don't go off alone anywhere. Number two, never go anywhere at night. I was like, both of those rules are getting broken in the third act, calling it now. And I was right. And also, as they were, as later on, when they were driving to uh, the, the, the radio area and they're going along that highway, and it was the family, this the Diana's daughter, and, and those two. And I was like, okay, so third act's coming. We all know who's going to die. And it's gonna, the only one they really can kill is this guy. And I yeah, called yeah. it that he was going to die. And I was like, and this dude is going to have to break the rules to save the other two. And that exact sequence happened, and I was like, ugh, screenwriting! Deal with okay. it! Okay. felt so <laughs> clever. And I, I've got a witness, because I watched this as a friend, not for a witness, but I do have a witness. So I can actually call on the guy. I remember when I called that plot, he's going to be like, yeah, bro! Does anyway, witness Uncle Mike by any chance, or no? <laughs> no, i got to take Mike's word for this stuff. And honestly, I'm, I'm going to say 30% of it's probably true, at the very most. Um... Anyway, <laughs> back but, back to the, the villain though. I I didn't mean to go on too big of a tangent. No, that, that's I just, cool. I just go wanted ahead. to brag because I think I deserve. It. Anyway, so all right, so the villain has a future orientation, but he really loses sight of the morality yeah. in the short term, like mm-hmm. really, really badly, and so he he kind of crosses this moral event horizon when yeah. he does that. Yeah, you know, he, so he is he's not really ever really redeemed, even though he has very human motivations and genuinely cares about the people under his command. And you do sort of see his perspective. He's still irredeemable. He still mm -hmm. goes too far. And there's two things I do want to say about that. One, when they take them out to get shot and you see all the other bodies of people that they've killed, presumably, you realize just how, yeah, just how far off the deep end the guy is. Also, it's only been four weeks. It's been four Mm -hmm. weeks that's not a lot of long time. So that also tells you this guy's pretty messed up. Like, like I expect people to start losing it within a week. But to sure. go as as crazy as he's gone by that time seems like there must there maybe there was something else already going on with this guy. Well, yeah. The other thing too is the, the people that he has left following him are all yeah. it's like it's like, did, you know, basically, you know, and the one the one person who's a decent guy left on his team at the end is the one he takes out to shoot with Jim. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. it makes you wonder how many how many of those other bodies were the other people that, you know, yes. were, yeah. were, were actually decent people. And, and that guy, it was clever because that guy, you think he's being set up to be like the nasty guy because he's kind of like got a. I mean, he's got like an attitude problem or something at the beginning when, the, you know, when he's first being introduced. He just seems grumpy. I don't know. And then, you know, you sort of understand later. But yeah, it just seems it's like it's it, it's like in like The Simpsons. I don't know. I know I've seen this bit in TV shows where 
there's like an apocalypse and 10 minutes later people are just using it as an excuse to do the worst most horrible <laughs> things and this uh -huh. is like wait it's been four weeks so you really like you're you're already <laughs> you're already going here with this um, that is a very simpsons thing yeah. i have to agree it, yeah it is almost comical but i would like to point out that that's the most important shot for irredeeming this guy, making yeah. him completely off the deep end. Because if you count the bodies, and it's not hard to do, he has killed more people than he saved. Yes. Yeah. Even yeah. practically, he is wrong in any functional yeah. way. In every philosophical dimension, the guy's a bad guy. I like that. It's clever. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's interesting by the the easy easy way to write this character, you know, as they're going with the whole thing of they want to have women just so they can kind of use them and mm. so on. And it's like the easy thing would be for the leader to have this prurient interest that is Mandu, but he just has this completely, he never, I mean, if he does have any prurient interest, he never expresses it anyway. He's just got this strategic interest in the women and keeping yeah. his men happy and taking the long view of humanity. Whereas you know, it would, it would, it, which makes it makes him scarier. It just makes yeah. him weirder and creepier than if he was actually had designs in that regard. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's a great touch for the movie to go that way with it. And, I, well, and I, he's so effective at making a base that can resist these things. There's a lot to admire uh -huh. about the guy's like capability, which uh -huh. makes him a very capable and frightening villain uh it's great because that admiration very quickly spoils once they uh take the women in the group to become boudoir slaves and they take the men out to shoot them Ugh. and i like i like the way that they slowly made you aware of the danger the characters are in like first thing is like the women are kind of reacting differently than jim to the situation mm -hmm. like the looks on their faces are just more concerned they're not well, the first time they mentioned going there um I'm blanking on character names here selena uh, selena she she as soon as the, like she just kind of mentioned soldiers in this term like she's yeah. kind of wary about, about going and hanging out with a bunch of soldiers she's got that wariness that no one else has yeah like yeah because hannah's of, too innocent and frank and jim just wouldn't even think it just wouldn't occur to them yeah in the same way and so yeah. that's the but it's subtle because it's not like they say anything when they get there just a look on the face that you notice if you look at them but also the other thing that tips you off right away is the guys the the soldier cooking with the apron on something about the apron in that context is alarming do you know what i mean like there are these little things like you know somebody's wearing a funny hat there are these little signs that disorder is taking hold among the ranks that they're not really soldiers anymore that it's almost more of like a mm -hmm. frat type situation you know there's mm -hmm. that well they themselves have descended into a different variety of animal state yeah you know so yeah. like and that you, you are left questioning like whether or not colonel kurtz there is preserving any kind of actual civilization yeah, you know. the other thing too, almost immediately after they arrive, one of the soldiers gives Hannah a very creepy look. Yeah. Just this one shot of him looking at Hannah, and you're like, yeah. Well, and also <laughs> when um 
when uh when Christopher Eccleston's character, the major, he uh when they're having that dinner table conversation and he gives his description of what civilization has been, he says it's just yeah. been people killing each other and now it's people killing each other. So in my mind, it's all the same. Like same. yeah, yeah. So I it kind of shows you yeah. his mentality is pretty. <laughs> I love when the kid speaks up and she's like, "I want to go bury my dad. He's one of the people you're talking about," and it just completely unravels his argument. Like yeah. in that moment, yeah. it just the kid just is just like pulls the pin out and like no you're an idiot i yep. love it yeah yeah and then and then again that that the, you know i don't know i just i just really like how you start out in a zombie movie where you're you're legitimately afraid of the zombies and then by the time you get to this base you are not afraid of the zombies anymore you are afraid you're of the people for the zombies yeah you the end of that. yeah you're <laughs> cheering when the zombies break through and start you know it's it's a really well done transition i think that's i, I don't mm. think that would be easy to pull off you know and and so I, I, quite, I quite like that. But speaking of the zombies, I did want to comment on the tunnel scene because that is kind of an important set piece in the movie. Ooh, that's a good one, too. Um, what did you guys think of that? Like, I, I'm sure you guys had all kinds of thoughts during it, so I'm just curious. I remember every time that I tried to uh, change one of my own tires and I was like, I would never be able to operate under that kind of pressure. No. That's, no. That was the first thing that caught into my yeah. mind. I was just like, I can't even deal with a timed boss encounter in a video game, which I was viscerally <laughs> yeah. reminded of the other day. I think she's changed yeah. the tire before that. I feel like they've done that, that a few times. That is the fastest tire yeah. iron in the Old West, man. I, I'm amazed. I do have to say them entering the tunnel made very little sense to me. It's yeah. like, it's a four-hour drive to Manchester. Take your time. Jeez, go, go <laughs> a long way. Well, well yeah, <laughs> I, long way. I didn't get that either. I I. I Thought, what I assumed is that was kind of Frank, whatever unhinging stuff was going on in Frank's head, you know, that was yeah. part of it. Do you know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. everybody said, don't do it. And then even Jim's like, this is an obviously bad idea. Like, this is just like, there's no oh, getting around. They, they really they really lampshaded the fact yeah. that it's, you know, a bad idea. But at the same point, it's uh, still like, I just, you know. Well, <laughs> they, they say that, but also isn't that a little microcosm of what they're going through? Like, it is hopeless, right, to even go to the stupid base. But they got to try. They, they've got to do it true. in a little style way. So, like, I... I don't know. It, it is hopeless. And yeah, there's going to be consequences, well, but that's the whole situation in a nutshell. I, I like that. Do we know there, how much there are time plenty that of bridges shades? across the Thames, though? There's a lot of bridges. It's just, <laughs> like, just, just, just go a few blocks over. How much does time does that actually shave off their, their journey too? like, you know, like I probably not much. You know. No, no. That's what I'm saying. It just, it just, it just didn't seem a good, you know, cost you know risk analysis there no definitely not and certainly when he decides to drive over the cars that was mm-hmm. you know that th- that was a oh, very no. very question that's been me every over. time i get behind the wheel of my car in the snowstorm by the way because like it's a skating rink out there so i'm just like all right let's just take our lives in our hand and get some milk yeah, yeah. i'll be damned if i'm eating dry but, cereal but that was a really <laughs> scary scene i thought they did a really good job of, it, it was a great scene yeah, yeah. i mm-hmm. Um, the rats too, I liked. That was a yeah. that was yes. a very creepy and fun touch because I didn't expect to be swarmed by rats in the zombie apocalypse. But you know, logically, you probably would. They got yeah. they they eat because there's so many humans. Less humans we, means more rampaging rats. We cool. have big rat problems in my city. Whenever I take out my trash, like last time I took out my trash, five rats slowly mm-hmm. ran out of it, like one at a time, ran out of the trash barrel as I'm dragging it to the curb. 
and uh, definitely, you know, having now having more intimate knowledge of rats, that scene definitely was more impactful. I felt. Um, yeah, when I when I worked in Chicago, I worked in a place that was there, there's kind of these lower streets, these underground streets like Lower Wacker and Lower Michigan, and I was in a place that was under that. So there's basement underneath basement underneath mm. basement. You'd go down like a few levels underground in the elevator and to get supplies. And and it was just this damp basement with like puddles everywhere, just <laughs> probably like from the 1800s or something. Probably survived the fire, you know, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, but it's, there were so many rats down there. A lot of times they'd just be like all gathered around one of the puddles like it was a watering hole. Oh. And like when, you, when you'd be like walking over, like I'd be walking towards them and rather than immediately running, they'd all be kind of looking at you like, can we take him? Can we take him? <laughs> and after a while, I just started carrying a broom down with me and I would just bang the broom on the floor the whole time I was walking just yeah. to let the rats know, just, just be gone. I want yeah. the rats to be, be gone, gone before yeah, I get anywhere. <laughs> I've taken to kicking my trash barrel before I move it now, but uh -huh. but even then, sometimes I'll kick it and one or two will come out, and then I'll move it, and then three or four will still be in there. So, oh crap, uh, he was serious. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, that's another scene where smell would have been a factor too, because usually you notice yeah. the smell before you notice the rat, right? So R rodents have a distinct yeah. odor, definitely. Um, but uh, but yeah, so okay, what about the ending of the movie? They, and again, I know that there's a different ending that they. I think the, on the Amazon version, the end, the the alternate ending, is uh, after the credits. I think, um, but I think there might be some versions out there that actually have the alternate ending as the oh, ending. I, so. okay, not, I, didn't, I, did I didn't watch, watch after the credits. the credits. Yeah. All right. So the ending that I saw was they they escape uh, after Jim gets shot, and it's just him and the two ladies and. There's like this weird montage of him like recovering uh, when he's kind of subconscious. Mm -hmm. Skips ahead another 28 days. They're in some idyllic place in the mountains somewhere far away from these things. The other things, and they're like dying. And they are making these giant sheets to spell out the word hello yeah. to signal to the planes that circle yeah. around. Because he spotted a plane earlier in the Yeah, yeah Adam, was that the ending you around. saw? That's the uh, ending yeah, I saw. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's okay. the ending. But you know, remember that montage where uh, where she's she's saying Jim live or something, and he injects him with something, and they're clearly at yeah. a hospital. After the credits, they show a scene where that is the final scene, and that and it says "What if?" and that's apparently that was one of the endings that they were considering, and in that one, he dies, and and Hannah and Selena just have to go off on their own. Um, yeah, that would have been a fine ending. It would have been a little dismal, but. Oh well. So, but but in the more protracted scene, you see that Selena actually seems to know a thing or two about uh, about hospitals and medicine, and so yeah, she tells you she's a she's a pharmaceutical chemist. Oh, did she say that? Okay, that's yep. I yeah, yeah, in the movie. Too. That's why okay. she has so much drugs on her and knows oh, how to use them. Okay, all right. So then, okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, but what did you guys think of the the ending before the credits? Uh, it's I a good emotional payoff. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I liked it. It made I mean, it makes sense too that that it only because I mean, it it only would be within you know Britain because 
I, I just can't see any way you could get that across. You know, if it was on a plane, the you know, everyone yeah, that, that plane, plane wouldn't get all the way across the yeah, because so. it transmits yeah. so quickly, right? It, so. Yeah, there's just no way anyone's gonna get anywhere. You know, so it it made perfect sense that they were able to contain it. You know, where where, so I th- I thought that was a fair ending given mm-hmm. the uh, situation they'd set up. And uh, yeah, I I quite like the ending. I I I like the way that the I have a minor problem with it, but I do like that it sort of passes with the zombies starving to death because of the line Joel mentioned, but also it just is sort of a, I don't know, I, I you know, usually you don't get to see the ending of the zombie apocalypse, and if you do, it's a yeah. lot more dramatic than zombies starving to death. My <laughs> only problem with it is I have to imagine some of them would have been able to survive on their, like, continue eating in various ways, right? Like, so... I wouldn't think it would be so cl- clear and definitive that the plague is over. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, what yeah, if there's a zombie I mean, in the woods that's eating squirrels? What if there's a... Do you know what I mean? You just don't know. Um, right. It doesn't take more than a patient zero to annihilate the human species again. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's nowhere near as clean as that. Also, the zombies could eat each other, couldn't they? Aren't they... I don't know. I, I, I would assume so, but I don't know. Well, that was... That was something I did wonder about. I'm like, why don't they attack each other? I mean, you're just filled with rage. Why do they not attack other people that have this well, disease? I, do I, they even know, know enough to eat, maybe? Like, maybe they weren't actually eating anybody when they... That's, well, huh. That's, that's an interesting question. Because, uh, yeah, are they eating or are they just attacking? That is yeah. that's that is a good question. Maybe they're not eating. Yeah. They're just fighting. They're clawing. They're ripping people apart but they're not uh i mean another interesting thing about this too is that it seems like only you know just looking at the church scene you have all these dead bodies and like three of them i think stand up which yeah. is that most people most people are just going to get killed they're just going to yeah. kill them and there's you know a fractional amount that actually survive the attack of being and uh, you know actually become infected when they get attacked by one of these these things too which is kind of interesting yeah, no, and uh, and also Joel, the uh, the sequel does deal with the patient zero issue, kinda, sorta, in a weird way. Um, it's kind. Of, hmm. it, I don't know, Adam, have you seen the sequel or not? I have not seen the sequel. Oh, no. it's actually worth seeing. I think it might be, it might be so worth seeing. We might consider watching the sequel uh, mm-hmm. this month. I don't know because we have a lot of things that we want to get to, so maybe that's not a good idea. But we got a whole um, horde of zombie movies on the yeah. horizon. Yeah, that's so. right. But I don't know. It might be you. You guys might be happier seeing the sequel than seeing um, Meat Market, the movie that I was trying to. to you know, uh, yeah, you would definitely be happier. That's for sure. You would be much happier. Um, but uh, but yeah. So so what about uh, what about the music? Did anybody have any feelings about the music? Or did you not notice the music? Maybe. The, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, it didn't leave a lasting impression, clearly. I, I think during the time, it was mostly the volume of the music that got to me. Okay. No, the music was, was very on. And I mean, I, I think it was off the top of my head pretty consistently, uh, you know, British music too, which I thought was interesting. It is, so, I mean, it helped with the with the tone and place and location of it. So, I don't know. I... Uh, I, I I thought the music worked very well for it. Yeah, I'm always. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, it, it did. It it did. It added more it did, rather than distracted, and that's important, I think, for a soundtrack. 
the uh and and there is and i think there are some actual like non-soundtrack songs that are played through the movie as well uh and there's soundtrack music so it's a little bit of a mix because like i think the uh i'm pretty sure the the scene in the shopping in the, when they're shopping in the store i think that was like an actual track from a band or something yeah i think that was granddaddy i think yeah. i could have my bands wrong but i think that's who it is but on the soundtrack i'm always a little torn because like I agree with both of what you said. Like it, I mean, it seems to work with the movie in general. Um, but also when I when I listen to the music, uh, even though a lot of it is kind of memorable or has like a driving sort of uh, sense to it that helps kind of get you into the scenes, it almost sounds so simple. I'm I'm thinking to myself like, could you even copyright this music? Because it's like a bass line and a guitar just kind of playing the mm. same. You know what I mean? There might be more going on, but it just doesn't sound like it. Um, but I do like there's a there's a, a a track on it called Heartbeat, which is the theme that they play when he when he embraces the rage and turns the zombies against the the manor filled with soldiers. And, mm -hmm. and I've always kind of liked that one, even though again I'm you know it is kind of simple. Uh, well, it's simple, but that really plays into the the foundational nature of the, the the psychology that goes on with the monsters in this movie. You know, it's something that's driving, and it's almost frantic. You know, and it it doesn't take a lot to understand that message from the music. It just pounds it right into your brain. And you're like, okay, now we're going forward, and we're about to bite some motherfucker. Anyway. Well, and I guess too, like sometimes, like the music is sort of, is supposed to serve the movie and so it is doing that um yeah the, the music wasn't made for the purpose of being good music it was made to make these scenes hit harder and it yeah. does that really well yeah um so i don't know any any other thoughts on the film before i think we've talked about everything for the most part yeah. we've been sucking the marrow out of this one i i was not prepared to love this movie and it <laughs> really won me over it's 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 beautiful visually they make really great use of um um like really early digital camera, which I think adds to it more than yeah. it subtracts. Though there's, we there's should warn people the... that haven't seen it that it is a little muddy looking if you're more accustomed well, to like, you know, sharper visuals. It is muddy, and I actually kind of loved the muddiness. Mm. It it made it seem real in a way that I think that that making it more cinematic wouldn't have. Like if you just done this mm -hmm. on film, yeah. it's really crisp. It wouldn't have hit the same way. It wouldn't have felt I as agree. real and grimy. So I think it enhances it enormously, kind of like the same way that Blair Witch Project enhances because of like the medium it's uh, recorded on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. With yeah, that. I agree. With I just that. I just noticed the factoid too out of the corner of my eye. A lot of the reason it was shot on digital video was so they could get those scenes quickly where everything was empty. Oh, <laughs> oh okay, that makes sense. Right. So it was kind of guerrilla shooting to an extent, where it's like, oh, all wow. right, now's our chance. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I, and I mean, considering that, there was some really good physical acting in those scenes that like took its time. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely you know like this movie. It's one of the better zombie movies out there. It, it's interesting. It, it, I, I like the way even like stuff like the opening scene where they handle the explanation for what the you know like what the virus not like what the setup is. That was interesting on its own. You know, and and it and it really does have, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure it's been repeated since the movie came out, but I feel like it was a pretty unique ending at the time. Mm. Um, so, yeah. You know, it. I, I you know I quite I quite like the movie. Uh, 
unfortunately, I don't think it's streaming for free anywhere. I think you have to rent it, right? Because I had to rent this on Prime to watch it. Yeah, I, I had to rent it. Honestly, though, like... Worth a few bucks. Yeah, it's definitely worth a few bucks. Like, yeah, I, I may actually go to my local uh, DVD place and add this to my physical media collection, which is my version of legitimizing a film. Okay. <laughs> is, okay. is physically having it near me when I can, like, whip it out and show it to a guest to impress them. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, so, you know, we'll... we'll uh. I guess we'll leave it there. It's possible we might be back on with twenty weeks, twenty eight weeks later. We might be doing other movies. It's well, I'm not one hundred percent clear what our uh, zombie <laughs> schedule is at this point, but um, but we'll be back with more zombies. And until then, we will talk to you later. Thank you.